right blockade is you know what time it is it's time to sit down with the man the myth the legend himself after a high day of clamming mr robin vote let's sit back relax and make the jump into a galaxy far far away man rumor has it that galaxy's even out far past dorchester Hey, did you hit a button over there or something? <laughs> you said this is confidential. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Hey, guys, what's going on? Welcome back to the BrickCityBlockade.com podcast network. It's Make the Jump here with your friend in the friendom and from the podcast, Mr. Robin Vote. Listen, a lot of fantastic episodes in the past, but nothing is any better than getting this guy. He's back on the podcast again. <laughs> it's Mr. Michael Marisi himself. Michael, how's it going this evening, my friend? And thank you so much for coming back on the blockade. You're an honorary blockader, man. I, you know, it's I'm happy to be here. We've it's we've tried so many times, and <laughs> I, I have failed you so many times. <laughs> <laughs> so glad to uh, finally break that streak. <laughs> <laughs> you know, hey, listen, as long as you don't have a streak like the Tennessee Titans, where they get so close every time. And then the one time they make it so close to the playoffs, they lose. And uh, it, yeah. it, it, that's a streak you don't want to be on necessarily. Sorry, all you Titans fans out there. Uh, trust me, I can't talk. I'm a New York Jets fan. I cannot talk about how sad things get uh, as a fan. But uh, oh, yeah. so right here, Michael Maurice is on the show. And last time we had you on, we talked a little bit about your novel, Black Star Renegades. And Brian Fontaine and I... We absolutely love that novel. It did so many great things. Cade, just everybody in that book. Uh, the character progression and the storyline was fantastic. And now as we move forward, a busy Michael Marisi has a new novel called We Are Mayhem, a Black Star Renegades novel. And Michael, I'm going to have you kick this off, buddy. Listen, I've kind of through a little bit of it and kind of taken a look at what's to come here uh, come April. Uh, but for the fans out there, what should they expect from We Are Mayhem? If they've totally dug into Black Star Renegades, or if you haven't, go ahead and read it. But what what is what is the synopsis, and what are you looking, uh, or what should the fans expect here with We Are Mayhem? Uh, I think it's an evolution of the first book. Uh, you know, it's weird because obviously, yes, it's a sequel, of, of course. course. Um, but I think it's a sort of a, 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 an evolution in a lot of ways, in that you're going to see. One, it's a different kind of story because we're getting uh, a split narration because part of it, you're going to see Kira at the helm for half the story and Kate is at the helm for half the story. And they're doing pretty different things. So uh, if you're not familiar with uh, Black Star Renegades, it's a space adventure like in the vein of, you know, I'm sure we'll talk about Star Wars, Guardians of the Galaxy, about uh, a young guy named Cade who gets an all-powerful weapon. He's kind of a ne'er-do-well. Uh, he's the wrong, per absolute wrong person <laughs> to have it, but has to, you know, band together with a bunch of other misfits and uh, save the galaxy. Um, so they ostensibly saved the galaxy, but not really. They just kind of made the ruling power mad. <laughs> um, <Right>. and, uh, <laughs> and now they're back. And now it's a story that's like... Um, you know, it goes deeper into mythology and, you know, to use an analog, uh, it's like Empire went, introduced a lot of things in New Hope and then Empire said, okay, well, let's go deeper into what that means. And uh, we'll see deeper into what that means while uh, escalating the, the stakes and the conflicts of, of the war between our, our rebels and the evil uh, Praxis. Uh, uh, yes. 
Yes. Oh, that is, <laughs> what a synopsis, man. And uh, just being, again, somebody who's been kind of going through this book already, um, th- there is some really, really fantastic stuff in this book. I, to be honest with you, I'm probably about a quarter of a way through it, man. And Oh, wow. I, fast. <laughs> I am a fast reader. If, if anybody knows from the podcast network and many of our listeners, I fly through Thrawn. I th- flew through Empire's End pretty quick and uh once you're it's like anything i will say this we are mayhem keeps you going it's one of those books that it's like hey i could have my dunkin donuts coffee but we are mayhem is like a turbo shot in my cold brew in the morning and uh (laughs) it's it's really great and i love getting back into some of these characters now i do have to ask you michael and it's so funny because last time we had you on um this was before the solo stuff and it was so funny. I walked into Solo, and we saw all these characters and everything, and then we meet Kira in Solo, and I'm like, oh, but Michael had Kira before the storyline! <laughs> What's going on here? And I will say so far, Kira has to be, especially coming out of uh, Black Star Renegades, Kira has to be one of my favorite characters you've developed here. It, oh, thanks. That's really, she's, she's she's actually might be my favorite over. I know Kate is the lead, but I kind of like yeah. her a little bit better. <laughs> right, right. Because <laughs> she just got it together uh, way yeah. more. Um, uh, yeah, you know, I saw that. But you know, it's funny, and you probably know this uh, uh-huh. as as a deep star Star Wars diver. Um, Ray's name was originally Kira. Yes, that's right. So technically, Star Wars beat me again. oh stop michael (laughs) so they had it first and then i i don't i don't know if i knew about ray when i named kira kira uh i i had to know because i read all the force awakened stuff and i was writing around that time i don't know if it's conscious i don't maybe um (laughs) but uh so then i don't know if they named kira in solo that as a loop back around to ray or what but right, it's right. All, all this kira flowing around yeah all this kira flowing around man and i mean just in we are mayhem alone there is just so much going on between these characters from when we've left last left them off um it's just fascinating Cade sura has already seen a lot of development i feel between the two novels and where i love kira so much i just love her her and Cade's. Uh, interactions. I love just some of the character development and how, I guess you could say they've become much more comfortable with each other across time. Um, they're characters that when you read both of them, uh, I, I kind of relate them a little bit to what we see with uh, a little bit of Ezra and Sabine from Star Wars Rebels. Um, there's that rivalry piece and yet there's that wanting to work together piece. I don't know if you can attest to that uh, as the writer itself, but there's some development with those two characters that I think really have started to flush themselves out here in We Are Mayhem. Well, that's, no, I'm glad you you said that and noticed that, and that's that's all true. I mean, um, there is a sense, like you said, uh, they have a good relationship, but they're competitive, and uh, Kira's always in a, in a position where she has to be like Sabine has to be like sort of the more adult of the two yeah uh, that puts a different responsibility on her hands and um right and her journey in the book is a lot more of her responsibility and the things that she has to do is a greater sacrifice and a greater onus is definitely on her um but that's kind of she's the better person to do it so that's how the relationship right. makes sense um right. yeah so so it, it is 
I like their dynamic. I like that, like they they're they're good. You know, they complement. They complement each other in fun ways, and they they uh, they just make a good team. And you know, fleshed out with some other people around them. It's uh, it's fun. It's fun to write them. Yeah, I can imagine. And even some of your more recent work. I mean, you've been <laughs> ever since we last talked to you, man. What was the, I? I can't even. I'm trying to reflect back on one of the things you said on the podcast was. I would love someday to be able to write Star Wars. <laughs> I, pro- I say that all the time, so odds are that I did say <laughs> And let me say, it is so awesome that when I saw your name show up on some of the Lucasfilm publishing stuff, I was just super, super excited for you, man. How, how has that been for you? That must be so exciting. It's... Uh... It's crazy. It's it's crazy. You know, so I started uh, the uh, the Flight of the Falcon, which is, um, uh, you know, it's like the initiative uh, that right. goes in the um, uh, IDW comics, which is what I write. And then there's sure. two uh, middle grade novels. Um, and it's been it's been wild, man. I mean, like working at Lucasfilm has been great. Everybody there is is just really supportive and yeah. smart and and helpful and, and cool and uh it's just been it's 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 just been been a dream man like sometimes i say you know uh uh you shouldn't you shouldn't do the thing you love or you shouldn't you know what i mean like you shouldn't yeah 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 because sometimes it, you know it's potential to ruin it but that is definitely uh, not the case here it's only made it it made it better something that i love deeply <laughs> uh and uh it's been it's been surreal i'll tell you that but uh, yeah. i've loved every second of it oh that's so great and you know what makes me so happy is when I look at some of your IDW stuff, I had a student walk in, oh, it was probably just before Christmas break, and walked up to me and said, oh, Mr. Vu, you got to check out this comic. And whose name was on the bottom of it? <laughs> whose name uh, probably was on Charles, the bottom? Probably Charles Soule. <laughs> 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 but uh, yeah, th- there, was, there, was a, there was a particular name that I That's I cool. Oh, that's nice. I was like, hey, it was almost like from Elf from Santa. I know that guy. <laughs> I know that guy. And they were just fully, fully enveloped in it. So it, it's uh, it's really uh, – it, I always say this about the younger generation. What a time to be a Star Wars fan, not just for us, but for that next generation. Uh, oh, yeah. the, the, the teens who are picking up um, Black Star Renegades and are going to pick up We Are Mayhem – I recommend these books to, to especially to the older students that I've worked with in the past. And it's just such a great time for them. I reflect on it all the time here, Michael, that it is such a great time to be a Star Wars fan. Yeah, yeah, I I, I agree. And I, I have two two little ones, two kids who, um, you know, I see the way they see, the way my journey and your journey kind of uh, reflected in different films I, and touched us at it when we were young. I see it now. I see my son. Uh, seven, uh, my oldest, uh, and looking at Ray and the way like he he just like adores Ray the same way I looked at Luke and yeah. you know uh, uh, new solo was like his solo and he loves That's that great. movie, um, which I lo- I do too I love that movie um, oh, it's, so- it's so good man um, and we all said we always had that hint of like sadness though we're like it's so good what happened <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> it's so true it's so true it's so great it's such a great movie um uh but there's some things that are just destined not to work out i think that was one of them um and just not 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 by anybody's fault and just for no reason that's just what the you know the universe has in store for you um but uh but yeah seeing it through their eyes is 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 magical and there's so many good things for them and i am 
glad to see that see that happen i i still have my stuff you still have your stuff and now they have their stuff and that's great yeah it really is and kudos i like you said before kudos to everybody over at lucasfilm who, who's keeping that alive especially across social media in a time where sometimes it can be a little uncertain on social media how people take in star wars and whatever else and and sometimes you have those negative nancies out there when it comes to some of the stuff and they're entitled to their opinion and everything but it is a great time just overall because it is crossing so many different generations of fans and it's just so much fun to take a step back and then again like you said through, through my students eyes and then through your own kids eyes just to see what they're seeing when it comes to Star Wars and reliving those moments of when we were kids and we saw Star Wars for the first time. It's just absolutely magical. And speaking of that galaxy far, far away, you can't have Michael on without talking a little Star Wars. And one of one of the things here, it's fascinating because, of course, we're moving closer and closer to Star Wars Celebration uh, this year in Chicago. Right in your backyard, man. How cool yeah. is that? I was going to ask you if you're going to be there. Yeah, you know, it's one of those things. We're going to be doing a small gathering in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Um, I, I'm probably not going to be able to make celebration this year. Um, but my hope is for the next celebration. That's fingers crossed. That That is my next hope here is to make it out. But we will have Brick City Blockade out there. Chris Letty's going to be out there and stuff. So okay. that'll be cool. That'll be I'll, kind be of sure cool. To, I'll be sure to say hi. Um, oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But how cool is that for you that you hear that Star Wars celebration is going to be in your own backyard? You, I don't know how far you live from the convention center, but it's it's got to be cool for you. Oh, it's great. It's like 20 minutes. It's nothing. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, could it be more convenient, actually? Uh, uh, so, no, I'm, I'm thrilled. I can't wait. I, I, I had um, I had tickets to the last uh, Florida, I think. Oh, yeah, in Orlando. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yes. Uh, I had tickets, I had weekend passes, and I actually didn't go. It was a long story, but uh, uh, it's funny because I have, like, it's always a source of pain, but it's also like a source of like joy because like I have the lanyards and they're 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 the new hope uh, medallion. Oh, man, and they're so great. But I play with my kids all the time. We play, play you know, blow up the Death Star, then they get the medals. At the end. <laughs> That's <laughs> so a great game. Good yeah, they come in the most expensive friggin' lanyards I've ever <laughs> bought. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they should be very thankful that Daddy paid a lot for those expensive players. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, man. Uh, those, so that great collection. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, and uh, but no, so I, I missed out on that one, and then I I feel like it's like kind of like like I said. So sometimes things aren't don't work out, and this time you know it is. I feel like that's universe is giving me one by being like, okay, Orlando completely fell apart for you. We'll <laughs> we'll just put it in your backyard this time. <laughs> uh, oh man, so that means oh man, I'm telling you, if Lucasfilm says that uh, Star Wars Celebration either comes to New York or Boston at some point, I it'll be it'll be madness up this. Oh. And they have to, I would imagine. Some yeah, at some point. I mean, I go to Fan Expo Boston all the time uh, in August with the entire podcast crew. And that convention center packs a punch. It fits a lot of people. Mm -hmm. And I, I keep, every time I'm there, like this year when I go to Fan Expo, I'll be like, <laughs> I'll sometimes even send out a tweet with a picture of the Boston Convention Center during Fan Expo. I'll say, hey, Lucasfilm. Take a look. Take a look at this nice little venue that they, they got residing here in South Boston. Take take a look at it. Uh, just just as a little teaser to them. About oh yeah, and they should. Yeah. they should. They should. I mean, I'm sure. Yeah. I mean, they're making their way around the country. I think they did LA, then there was New York, then I was, or I'm sorry, uh, Orlando, and I was Chicago. Yeah. 
And so they, they pick it out. Javits can hold it. Boston can hold it. You know, I mean, I think there's any of that's very, very doable. Yeah. It'll be super so. exciting to see what happens come celebration this year. But in terms of Star Wars celebration right in your back, backyard there, Michael, uh, Star Wars Episode Nine is the talk of the town, the talk of the fandom right now. And it's funny. More recently, I on the home show with Sean, I sat down on Com Chatter with Caden here at the podcast, and we were kind of talking about some of the stuff and ever since we last talked coming uh it was going into the uh, com- going to the last jedi specifically um mm-hmm. we really didn't know where ray and kylo ren were going and boy oh boy do we have a pretty clear idea about where kylo ren is going to be starting off this film as yeah and i was talking with the guys about it and i and it's so funny every time i talk about certain aspects of star wars i'm like next time i have michael Maurice on i gotta ask him this question oh and- good <laughs> And when it comes to Star Wars Episode Nine, I have this crazy idea in my head that Kylo Ren is going to be spending some time on Mustafar. And that is... That is like the dream of one of the ways that we could open up episode nine is with a time jump and Kylo Ren is on Mustafar and he's been through his grandfather's stuff there. And he, we just open up with Kylo Ren sitting essentially in the seat of his grandfather there, watching over Mustafar and taking on and just feeding off the dark side energy that resides there. And then we cut over to Rey and we see where she's at. Like I feel like there's so much more development with Ben Solo that we're going to see in episode nine. And we thought, you know, the last Jedi did a fair amount of that, Michael. I feel it did a nice job of giving us the non-redeemable Ben, ben in many ways. Um, what he did with Han, of course, in Force Awakens, and then the thought of destroying his mother, but somebody else does it for him, and then just the rage that builds up in, with him, within him by the end of the film. So, Michael, for you, where do you see Ben Solo at the beginning of Episode Nine? here? Do you feel he's truly a broken soul still because of everything that has happened, or do you think he truly wants to be the supreme leader here? Yeah, I mean, I think that, like, I want to see him, and, and the writer Impulse would tell, would say, like, he's got he's got to go all in. I think yeah. they have to put, put him in a point. I think what you're, you're beginning would be incredible, and I would love it. Uh, mm-hmm. So I'd be totally thrilled to see that. And uh, I think that's, I think he has to be positioned to be just thoroughly evil. Um, yeah. I think yeah. that's something we haven't seen. Well, we've seen with the Emperor, and I guess maybe Snoke, we really don't quite know um right right but um i i i don't want i don't think there's redemption for kylo ren i think that's something that then Mm -hmm. would make a really interesting arc for ray because luke always was able to hide behind like i'm gonna do this to redeem my father and i'm gonna do the right thing come hell or high water i'm gonna do this thing right where and it was a good thing like it's like i'm gonna redeem somebody that's a good thing it's a different thing to say i'm i have to destroy some utterly Mm, incomplete you know and i think that gives ray an interesting story an interesting problem of like well he's not coming back like there's no, you know, force match.com, you know, there's no <laughs> That's such a great analogy. I love it. <laughs> so 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 you know, so what does she do? And what does Luke do is you know, force force ghost Luke, you know, how do they say, what do we do with this guy? Right. You gotta do something. Yeah. So. Yeah, you're so right. There there is no forcematch.com because if that was the case, then Luke probably would have found an equal match in the force. And that didn't happen necessarily either. And it's funny because you look at what happened to Luke and you see what happened on his Jedi Academy. And how Ben Solo was able to essentially eradicate everything that Luke had built up for. And 
you see Luke talk to Yoda in The Last Jedi, and Yoda is like, okay, well, that was a phase you went through because you were you were reckless. You're much like your father. You're still reckless, looking towards the horizon, and you didn't see a lot of this coming because of you technically being a legend in many ways. And Luke realizes that. And when it comes to Rey, we see what's going on with Ben Solo that side of the force where like you said michael he really can't be redeemed because he's done already so much to make himself non -redeemed. and ray in many ways is on the side of well i still want to be who i'm always truly meant to be which is one with the force and to really abide by what luke has told me but at the same time i don't want to go down the path that luke went which was that whole idea that well i was just luke skywalker this Jedi master legend. And it's funny because every time I talk about where Rey is going, there's this other side of the conversation. I don't know how you feel about this, Michael, but there's the other side that says she still deep down inside thinks that Ben Solo is good. And whether that leads to her being able to get to him and trying at that last minute to try to redeem him, or does that convince Ben Solo enough to try to rid off Rey in some way? Like, like, does, does, is that just enough of a pull for us to see Ben Solo eradicate Rey from this entire equation? And suddenly, the end of the Skywalker saga, <laughs> I mean, of course, JJ has to leave it off with some hope and he has to leave it off. Yeah. Good yeah. note for everybody. But what a fascinating twist. It'd be a lot like Revenge of the Sith, where we see there is that sadness. There is everything that happens between Anakin and Obi-Wan. But then at the end, there's that ray of hope because Luke is given to Aunt Beru. And Uncle Owen. I just have a funny feeling because we know how JJ works. We know how he works in the Star Wars universe. He answers three questions and he leaves us with 75 more. And Michael, how do you feel about how JJ could possibly handle episode nine? Do you think he's going to answer some questions and leave some for us to hypothesize on? Because later down the road, we may see a 10, 11, and 12. Or do you think he's going to throw us for a complete different loop and, and, and have us wondering, Okay, what's going to happen? Like, where are we right now? <laughs> where are we in Star Wars? Yeah, I don't, I've thought about that a lot. And I don't, I think this is going to be, a, you know, unfortunately, I think the decision will come to like, um, uh, you know, art meeting commerce. Uh, because, uh, you know, if you're talking like purely from an art standpoint, uh, you know, JJ's able to do, would be able to do whatever. But there's also to be considered, like, what is Lucasfilm's plans for Star Wars moving forward? And they do have plans. This is not, by any means, it's not ending. <laughs> you know? Right, of course. Of course. <laughs> um, so there might be some questions left over just because that's the way they're going to leave some circuits open because they're going to address that later. Um, JJ is known to not exactly stick landings. And, uh, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> and I like JJ, but he tends to have problematically bite off more you can chew. In that's terms true. Of like, you know, this cool thing and that cool thing. And by the end, you're like, oh, I forgot to talk about all those cool things. <laughs> yeah, he did it with Star Trek. He did it with Star, Star Trek, Trek, too. He's done it. He's done it. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, I also think JJ is highly skilled. I think that, like, he has good people at Lucasfilm around him. So, um, so I, I think that Nine will, it's got to serve two things. It's got to bring a satisfying conclusion to this, to what seven, eight, seven and Eight have set up and the dynamic between Kylo and Kylo and, um, and Ray and Luke and everything like that. Um, 
And then I think that it does have to plant seeds, like you said, at the end of Sith, where you, you have some hope, you have like a view of the future of like, you know, passing on the baby to, to Owen and Veru. Um, I don't know, I, you know, obviously none of us know what that is, but I would right, imagine that's kind of like the, that's, that's the, it would be the approach is to, you know, finish the story, finish what this story is of this yeah. trilogy. And then leave the door open for whatever's next. And you know, yeah. we don't know where Ryan Johnson's movies take place. We don't know where know. Game of Thrones, Game of Thrones, Game of Thrones. That would be. Oh, great. don't say Game of Thrones. That would be fantastic. Oh my god, I never even thought about that. Oh, that's <laughs> total Game of Thrones. Oh man, oh, man. perfect. <laughs> uh, lawsuits abound, but still. <laughs> I, I get audio edit. It's not a problem. Oh, not for me, for for, <laughs> <sorry>. <laughs> uh, for all those guys. Uh, oh, sure. But no, so so are those sideways movies? Are they newer or older public movies? Are they future movies? Who knows? Um, but I think that like what I would like to see personally, and this ties into, and I'm sure everyone who listens knows what I'm talking about. This this ties into what we saw in the fan reaction and reactions to Last Jedi. And the I, the way that people struggled, and I'm not saying this is right or wrong, but people mm -hmm. struggled with what Last Jedi presented to them. Even I struggled with a lot of it. Um, right, right. But I think while you're still playing in that sandbox and with these characters and with this storyline, that's going to dog you forever. And I think the thing that they need to do is put it somehow say this story is over. And whatever story, whatever Star Wars is moving forward, it should look like Star Wars. It should feel like Star Wars. It should have some of the you know elements of the Force and the galaxy, all that kind of stuff. But I think they should take you know a, a capsule, put it around one through nine, and say, okay, that's that. You know, so now yeah. we can clean slate and start fresh. And I think that would be good for everyone, even for people who do love Last Jedi, who do did embrace that. It's still what we want. And getting away from the past and getting a new fresh start and this is the this is a great opportunity to do that what a great idea i love the uh, that idea of putting everything into a capsule and just saying this was this is what was worked up for this is what george lucas and then after 2012 this is what we were able to build up and you're able to reflect on it and be able to watch these films no matter if they're spin-offs no matter if they're the actual episodic films, um, you're able to take it in the way you want to. And I think as Star Wars fans, sometimes we always say to ourselves, it's like, well, if you're not doing it this way, then you're not doing it the right way. And it's the complete opposite. You take in these films however you want. Mm -hmm. And that, that capsule mindset is perfect. It's like, okay, I can do, I can look at these films. I can watch these films whenever I want to and in whatever mindset I want to. Yeah. And that's that's isn't that is exactly what George Lucas wanted from these essentially early on. He wanted everybody to enjoy his films through their own eyes and experiences and to just kind of, you know, the ultimate escapism is to go to that galaxy far, far away. And I think Lucasfilm and Disney has done a very good job of keeping that mindset associated with it and to capsulate that and to have fans consistently going back and reflecting on that is such a smart approach and yeah i think with the mandalorian and a lot of these other unnamed uh projects that are that are going to be coming up in the near future that's the best approach to do because yeah. we're moving into a whole new universe of formats and stories 
Yeah, and I think that you could still, even within that capsule, you can still do fill in gaps and kind of tell sure, sideways of stories and stuff like that. But I think that, like, if you're going to do a new um, saga, let's say a new saga, yeah, I don't, I, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't think it was the best idea to be like another Skywalker, you know, like something like something yeah. that's like a descendant of Ray or or something like that. I think it's like let's let's cut it. You know, this is the story. This is where we took it, and now we have to kind of figure out what is the next Star Wars saga that's absent of stuff that we saw in 1977, like the characters and that specific that specific story. You know, I think you yeah. could take so much from it. You could take tons of things from it, but maybe less specificity. That's a really that's a really great point, and uh, yeah, I encourage all the blockaders out there to listen to that point exactly because that that's that's the format that I feel like you said, Michael. Just that capsulating of everything that we've had one through nine, and being able, like you said, filling in the gaps. I mean, Disney and Lucasfilm, the, the entire group there, the story team has done such a great job of filling in those gaps in between certain places. Star Wars Resistance is doing that between mm -hmm. um, just before the events of Force Awakens and exactly what happens after Return of the Jedi. Or as what I like to say is, well, Star Wars Rebels left us off, <laughs> like literally everything that happened post-Return of the Jedi. Now I like to say Star Wars Resistance fills us in at the end of Star Wars Rebels and before the beginning of Force Awakens. And... The, the entire story team is doing such a great job of filling in those gaps and giving us, us the fans, just some really fantastic conversations. And uh, let me ask you this, Michael, because with the storyline and everything, we're filling in those gaps. H how excited are you for the Mandalorian? <laughs> every time I see headlines for this thing, man, I get super, super excited. John Favreau coming out with the teaser with IG-88. I'm like, boy... Call me back, man. <laughs> Call me back to the classic Star Wars that I remember my parents showing me. That it's it's so great. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I I'll be I, I'm thrilled, but I'll be honest. Yeah, I sure. am more excited about the uh, Cassian because I I <gasps> nice Rogue One. I love yes. Cassian's character, and uh, like I want to see a cool spy, a down and dirty Star Wars spy story Ooh. and i think that's what we're gonna get with uh with the cassian series and i am like oh yeah <laughs> let's oh. And, and i love and i love all the pieces not and not to take anything away from mandalorian i love that right, i love the idea of the concept uh ig88 there's great directors everything i think it's gonna be magnificent but when i when it, just like cassian i'm like let's do this down and dirty doing the rebellion's dirty work in the pre-Rogue One era, and that's going to be awesome. And I love Cassian's character, so I'm like, that's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that's such a good point, and not a lot of people are talking about that Cassian Andor series, and there's just so many different things that they could do with it. I do like that idea, Michael, of that that down and dirty, just this guy's trying to make his way, like he says in Rogue One, I've been in this fight since I was 13. I, I've, I've, I've been in this fight since I was little, and much like yeah. Jyn Erso, I've been trying to work my way through it all, and I've done some things that I probably regret doing, but it was for the better of the cause. Yeah, and that yes, is he's done some stuff. <laughs> he really has. We see that in Rogue One when he's like, calm down, calm down, boom, blaster fire right to your back without even knowing. And yeah. it, that is the side of Star Wars. I think the Mandalorian's going to do it on a different level and connect mm -hmm. the fans uh, 
to some of the more real, you know, familiar faces. You're going to see that kind of stuff play itself out with the Mandalorian and Favreau. But like you said, the Cassian series, if you've read Catalyst, for the Rogue One prequel novel, yep. you look at that time in the galaxy. That was during the development of the Death Star, the movement away from the Separatists, and the conversion of the Jedi and whatever else to the Empire. That was a time when there was just mass confusion. People didn't know whether the galaxy was in peace or in terror. And they were being told one thing when it was truly something else happening. And Cassian, I think we're going to see, like you said, we're going to see that down dirty guy who's just trying to pick through the lies and is trying to get the job done for this rebellion. And boy, would I love to see K2SO come back, man. <laughs> I'd love oh. to see because the K2SO Cassian comic series did some really cool things. And much like yeah. the Bo Cameron comic fills in some gaps for us, that comic book I would just love to see Alan Tuda come back and to stand there with Cassian and maybe even see, like we saw in Solo, the origin between Han and Chewie, maybe a little bit of an origin between Cassian and K2. Oh man, for sure. I feel like they almost like have to, I feel like. <laughs> you're right, uh, no, you're right. Uh, so hopefully, yeah, hopefully that we see that story because that's, that's a story I definitely want to see. I love the two of them. Um, I, I'm a huge Rogue One fan. I, I, I would I can pretty confidently say of, of the you know Disney films, the Disney Lucasfilm films, that is my favorite. Um, and I just uh, yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready for more of that kind of story because you're right. I mean, once you saw the beginning scene, the second scene of, of Rogue One where he shoots that guy in the back, and I'm like, wow, this is a different, this is a different thing. <laughs> um, and uh, it was it was great. It was great. Yeah, Rogue One is just one of those consistent, rewatchable films. It does so many fantastic things, and as a Star Wars fan, there are just so many little tidbits in there, here and there. Solo does it. You know, some of the this the Skywalker uh, sequel trilogy here does it here and there. So it's really great. And then Star Wars Celebration this year in Chicago, I'm sure, is going to give us all the headlines and all the things we crave as a Star Wars fan. Uh, thanks to Lucasfilm and Disney, they're going to bring us everything that we always have hoped for uh just just as star wars fans and like you said we've been saying throughout this entire thing folks that next generation kids um our future kids uh for my sake and uh hopefully um for many generations to come that's really really the hope so michael listen everything that's been going on with me are we are mayhem a black star renegades novel uh Give the people the scoop on when they're going to be able to pick up their copy. It is April. You know what? I actually got to look at my calendar here. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I know like it's to... April. Oh, no, I do. April 9th. April 9th. April. So the pap yeah, the paperback of Black Star Age, which is the first book in the series, uh, comes out. I don't. Know, it's tomorrow per our recording, but it's January 15th. Uh, and then the first release, the hardcover release of We Are Mayhem is April 9th. So roughly four months from now oh wonderful so people oh, can three months wait january february wow March, three months Whew. <laughs> wow coming up right around the corner so people better prepare themselves if they uh haven't read black star renegades to go and do that right now and then prepare yourself for we are mayhem from michael marisi sadly every episode here at the brickcityblockade.com podcast network comes to a close but we don't do that without doing a little thing we like to call plug time here at the BrickCityBlockade.com <laughs> podcast network. And from Make the Jump, 
Mr. Michael Morisi, where can the good people find everything you're doing in a galaxy far, far away, and maybe sometimes a galaxy not too, too far away here in the United States, and where can they find you across social media? Twitter, uh, at Michael Morisi, uh, and I think Instagram is pretty much the same, uh, and I, my, my website is Michael P. Morisi, so one took Michael Maurice from me for some reason. Uh, so Michael P. Maurice for my middle name uh, is is where uh, where my website is. Awesome. And my awesome. emails on in there and stuff like that too. So you can I, I try I try to be accessible. Sometimes I take social media breaks as we are all <laughs> in yes. need of sometimes. Yes. Uh, but I, I try to be uh, responsive and around. Oh, that's wonderful. No, I totally agree with you on the social media breaks, man. It's just sometimes it's just an overflow of just so much different stuff happening on there. And you just need to take that little breather. What is oh, it yeah. that Luke says in Last Should I Breathe? Just yeah. <laughs> I feel like that applies here sometimes when it comes to social media. But you guys can follow me over on Twitter at Mr. Bo Tweets. Check out all my tomfoolery, my random turtle videos, and everything happening here at the Brick City Blockade over on Instagram at the official vote www.brickcityblockade.com for all the podcasts, my crazy fan theory articles that people say, Why does Robin continue to write these? Well, it's because I like to see your reactions. And Please make sure to support the network over on Patreon, rock the network over on T Public, and support the network over at our Galaxy of Joy program between Starlight Children's Foundation and the BrickCityBlockade.com podcast network, bringing smiles to kids' faces every cent at a time. Well, Michael, it has been so awesome having you here on the podcast network again here on Make the Jump, and we are mayhem, man. I can't wait to finish this book up. It's it's so good. Oh, well, thanks. And thanks for having me. It's always, always a lot of fun to, to sit and chat, man. This is great. As we always say here at the Podcast Network, get your copy of We Are Mayhem when it comes out. And <laughs> may the force be with you. May the force be with you. Always. <laughs>